Hi, Z. Hi, Maddie. We are about to hear a radio fairy tale. Beautiful. Carla Marie and Anthony started with a podcast, and now they have a morning show in Seattle, Washington, and are on an upward trend. They're superstars. They're amazing. They were fun to talk to. They're fun to talk to and uh, good-looking kids. Check out their podcast right here. We were talking about Cardi B and how... um, Why can't I think of the name of the song? Finesse? No. Oh, Oh, uh, make money moves. (laughs) Did you want me just to do that? No, well, you were complaining that the DJ on New Year's Eve played it like four times in a row. Six. Six times in a row? Six. And you were saying Bodak Yellow. Yeah. You were kind of, you didn't think that it should have been played that many times. No, 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 no song. My argument, though, is when we, let's fast forward like 15 years. Okay. Okay. I'm going to be 45. 45. <laughs> when when you are 45, Carla Marie. Yeah. Yeah. Bodak Yellow will be treated the same way that like a Juicy by Biggie is treated now. So a couple weeks ago, I was a guest on uh, Paul Mercurio's podcast. And the whole time I felt super naked because I'm used to being the one asking the questions. So my first question <laughs> to you, Carla Murray and Anthony, is do you feel naked? Yeah, a little bit. We actually are naked. It's weird. <laughs> oh, don't be that radio guy. Come on now. <laughs> no, no, it's um, you know, it's actually a, a little bit of a relief. Yeah, it's true because we don't have to worry about what we have to say next. You have to worry about that part. Yeah, you don't have to do the the prep and 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 all that stuff. No, but, we literally just sat down and said, "Okay, we'll talk." Sure. So I want to talk about your your career your 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 you're living the dream in the radio world a lot of us had to start in shitty small market radio and do years of that and then maybe make it it took me like 10 years to go from west virginia to new york city in mornings um you guys got your start in new york city uh doing mornings but i want to talk about first what led you to radio why why radio in this 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 crazy young world of video why why radio uh, was something that you're interested in Well, for me, it started really young, like driving to elementary school. I would listen to Elvis Duran in the morning show on Z100. And as a kid, I wanted to do radio. It was the only thing radio and TV really were the only things that interested me. So by the time I got to college, that's the path I followed, worked at the radio station at Rutgers University and then started interning for Elvis Duran in the morning show and everyone at Z100. So it was kind of wild for me going from they're the reason I got into this to working with them to then being hired by them. So if I hadn't listened to them every morning, I don't know that I would have even been interested in radio at all because they have this crazy way of making you fall in love with them. How about you, Anthony? So I actually was originally going to college to be an athletic training, uh, an athletic trainer. I can't even talk right now. And I kind of hated all the classes I was in, but at the same time I was doing this like commercial modeling acting thing that I thought was kind of cool. <laughs> By the way, both of you are way too good looking to be in radio. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Proceed. Um, so I was doing that and decided to switch my major to TV and radio broadcasting because luckily my school had both programs there. And you went to Seton Hall, correct? Correct, Seton Hall. Oh, you guys weren't like the other Jersey kids that came down to West Virginia with me? No, my niece <laughs> is there now actually though. Is she drunk yet? Uh, she's been drunk Probably. for the last three years. Yeah, so, she, yeah. yeah, she will be. Yeah, we we get everybody from uh, New Jersey down at West Virginia. Anyway, I digress. Go ahead, sir. No, so um, so I switched majors, and originally I switched because I thought I was into the whole TV thing, 
And then my first professor was Bartell, who's on at KTU. And um, I kind of just fell in love with radio. I, I went to the studio one day just to kind of observe. I loved the connection that everyone had with their teams and then the connection with the audience and stuff. So I just got into promotions and kept kind of bouncing around until I found my groove. You know, I teach at a university, and, and it's one thing I've seen with a lot of my students. They don't know they want to do radio until they get that little yeah. first taste of it. No, it's true. It really is. It's You have no idea that it's an actual real-life job. Like, no one really <laughs> thinks about it like that, especially anymore. And now when we have – well, sometimes we'll have college kids come in here and or high school kids, and they'll say, well, I want to do this now. It's like, well, yeah, you've been listening to it every day for how long, and you haven't made that connection. So – you're part of a generation that, you know, didn't spend all of its time with radio. You you have many other distractions. Okay. What do you think makes radio stand out to somebody who, who wasn't thinking about it, who doesn't think about radio? Why do those students say that, do you think? You know, I think and maybe I'm maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit. Um, but we always have these uh, calls with Bob Pittman, who is our CEO, obviously. And he always brings up the difference between being part of a community and just listening to your music library. And I think the reason people still gravitate to morning radio specifically is you're part of something, you know, you're on your crappy commute to work, wherever you're going, um, probably stuck in traffic, but you know that you're doing it with a bunch of other people and you're having conversations. Even if you're not calling in or texting in, you're still probably responding to the people talking on the air. And I think that connection is what still brings people in. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But also you have these kids come in who, from their mind, they've heard of jobs and careers and all kinds of things like that. And then they sit in a radio studio and they see us interact and laugh and yeah. talk to callers and have fun. And they realize, wow, this is a fun job. I can literally do what I'm doing with my friends every day and get paid for it. Now, obviously, we all know there's way more to it than that. But seeing that, seeing how fun it is, I think is kind of cool knowing that you can grow up and have a job yeah. where you can actually have fun and not have to crunch numbers all day. I want to talk about podcasting and radio because you guys, you know, your story is you work together behind the scenes for Elvis Duran. At one point, did you two meet and did you decide, hey, let's try to to put together a podcast? Well, there are two different stages. The first, I mean, Carla Marie, you started with Elvis when? Uh, well, I got hired into, I started being paid for my work in 2010. So we met, we met really in early 2010. And then we became friends. I, all of, there was a group of us that were all around the same age. So we all would hang out together. I mean, Anthony lived with two of the people that we worked with. It yeah. was, it was a really cool little behind the scenes community we had where we're my, the B team. Yeah. With the, we called ourselves the B team. Our best friends were our coworkers. And then in 2014, Oh my God, 2014. Yeah. yeah. We were heading out on a ski trip and just talking one day. And this, the story is pretty crazy. We we're listening to another morning show and realized, damn, we could be better than this actual morning <laughs> show. We, we have pretty entertaining conversations. And Anthony said, let's start a podcast. And we looked at it like it was a real morning show. We sat down and made a timeline for ourselves. We said, okay, we want to have a meeting this day. Let's launch our podcast by X date and let's get an email address, a website, a logo, all of that. We didn't just sit down one day and just start doing a podcast. We actually planned it as yeah. if it was a real business, almost like it was our business model, our, our mini little startup. And it happened within three months, four months. We started our podcast and haven't stopped. You guys are making me smile so much. 
I teach <laughs> podcasting. And their midterm is a PowerPoint presentation on their podcast before they even get to do it. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Because I teach everybody, and I say this all the time, a podcast is a startup. It is a startup. And it and yep. you need to treat it with, with the same respect. And I think one of the problems with radio uh, has been in the past is that radio folks don't treat podcasting like they would any other show. They don't put the time, right. effort, and money into it like you would a morning show. And it's a goddamn talk show. It is a yep. talk show when it's done right, right? Even when we're taking the stuff that we do on air and putting it in podcast form as like an on-demand show, um, we're in the process of creating all new imaging for that. So it sounds good as a standalone podcast, not just chopped up parts of a morning show. Um, and I think it is really important to, to treat it as such because you know, you know you never know when people are going to get your content, when people are going to hear your voices. So you want to make sure it's presented the right way every single time. You're so right. And and this is the one of the things that I left radio 10 years ago to help start Stitcher. And the reason I came back to radio was that I do see that this is the time for for radio to get serious about podcasting. And yep. and you know, and that's the thing, treating these on-demand segments instead of them being, you know, these little throwaways that it, it's its own podcast. You can have these smaller mini podcasts and I just love to hear that that's how you guys are thinking about things. Oh wow, I'm so happy for you guys. And I'm jump in real quick cuz yeah. one of the reasons we also started it was Oh, we, yeah. We definitely wanted to have a show at some point. And we knew that, you know, working with Elvis was the biggest blessing we could have had to start our on air radio careers. But at the same time, there are 15 other people on that show. So trying to get any sort of extended amount of airtime is a little difficult, it's especially impossible. when you're the, the low guys on the totem pole. So that was our way to just practice talking for an extended period of time rather than just coming in saying three words in Elvis' show and then walking out of the studio. Like, we looked at this as this could be our big break, so we need to put as much work into it as possible. And nothing drives the two of us more crazy than when we see people younger than us being like, oh, they got a morning from, from their podcast. Let's just do a podcast. And then you throw it together and it's crap. And then everyone's mad. Why don't they have a morning show? They have no idea the amount of work and hours extra on top of our regular job that we put in to that mini little podcast we did once a week. You know, the thing that uh, one of the things about radio that, that's that's gone away is the farm system. You know, I started when I was 16 and, and you can't do that now. You can't be a 16 year old and get a job at a radio station. It's just not going to happen. There's just not that many jobs out there. And I think that podcasting is exactly what you guys made it. It's the farm system. This is a great way to hone your talent. But you learned you were taking all the things that you learned from this morning show and then putting them into the podcast. And I think yeah. that that's that's also very key. What are a couple of the things that. You learned from watching Elvis and his production team that, you know, we're like, as soon as you, when you start your podcast is like, yes, we got to do this. We got to do that. We got to do this. We tried. I mean, Elvis's show by no means is um, scripted or really has any formula that it ever follows. But we knew prep went into it. And there was some sort of a log that they would have an idea that they would follow every day. And there were reoccurring bits. So we said, OK what prep do we need to do? Like we did actual prep. We would find stories and then the bits started to come. We would do little things and repeat them every week. And we engaged with people. And that was the biggest thing I think for us as the person who answered the phones for Elvis. And that was his lifeline. I knew that the calls that went through every day were important for him. And that's what my job was. So when it came to the podcast, we couldn't do calls. So we did our best to really 
hit social media and um, email as much as possible. So every week, really now, our podcast has evolved to we're just almost taking topics straight from email and straight from what people are telling us about their lives asking and, us, and asking yeah. us and kind of just talking about it on the air. So we took the listener engagement and the somewhat of a formula structure of a morning show and tried to put that in a podcast. How long was it that you were doing the podcast before it, it started to, to really catch on? Because I think a lot of another reason folks don't do podcasting is they get discouraged at first. And, and, it, and I think it takes time. Did you guys do it right away or was there, you know, this building process? Um, no, there's, there was definitely a building process. Obviously, through social media, we had Elvis's audience, like the the P1s, if you will, that were really supportive originally. Um, and then I want to say it was about eight months into the podcast, someone emailed Elvis's show about our podcast. Just basically, tell, like almost thinking that Elvis didn't know we were doing a podcast, <laughs> but he turned that into a topic. And when he brought it on the air, that helped out a lot. And then we just, um, a lot of people will tag their friends and tell them to listen, stuff like that. So it definitely built organically with a good kickstart from Elvis's social following. Yeah, we had Elvis, but there are so many podcasts out there that oh, don't yeah. have a national morning show that kick ass and take off. So it does take time, just as any radio station or any radio morning show or any show really takes time. It's the same thing with podcasting. So at what point did this podcast become reality as far as your dream is doing a morning show? Because Seattle is a big market. And to have that be where you're getting your first morning show, that's a big deal. So there was a, somebody saw the talent and decided to put you on there. How did that happen? So because we have the whole iHeart family kind of that was based in New York, people knew we were doing the podcast. And, um, and, and I will say really uh, at this time, podcasting wasn't everywhere. Not everyone in their mother had, our company, at least, at least yeah. had a podcast. It, podcasts weren't even really on our iHeartRadio app at the time. 10 months into our podcast, we got our own channel. Like we were just posting the audio to Elvis's website. Yeah. So, but then um I guess what happened was really a couple people on the executive level had been um emailed to listen to the podcast and at the same time they were looking at getting a new young morning show in Seattle and their theory was let's get people that actually know each other instead of you know trying the whole arranged marriage thing that most morning shows go through yeah let's get people who at least have chemistry because you can build on chemistry you can't fake it and that's why they they listened to the podcast heard the chemistry and gave us an opportunity that was about two and a half years into yeah. it I would say yeah that yeah. yeah two years into it that happened and then to us, one of the questions we first had when we talked to them about moving to Seattle and accepting this job was, are we still allowed to do our podcast? <laughs> because we knew where we came from. We wanted this to still be a part of our lives. And still every week we do it. So I made the move from I moved from Hoboken to San oh, wow. Francisco uh, about 15 years ago. A lot of things are different on the West Coast. Oh, yeah. What was, oh, your, yeah. What was your first? First of all, the food, I had to take a lot of adjustments because I got, you know, Jersey, I'm sorry. Jersey's got great food. What, when you first got to Seattle, like what was a, a couple of the first things that, that you guys noticed that were like, oh, my God, we are not in Jersey anymore? You know, for me, it was, <laughs> for me, it was the time that people leave work. I feel like when you're in a New York office, people, I mean, you have people that are just crazy about the work schedule and maybe sacrifice a little bit of their home time for that, where I think the work-life balance out here um, is a little more even on the West Coast. 
people it, actually people actually spend time to go home and be with their families and not just lock themselves in their office for 12 hours a day. Which is great and all, but for two people yeah. who we're used to that drive. We're just like, where is everybody? Yeah. We're the morning show and we're here later than everyone else. What is going on? That was a little frustrating at first. I mean, and now it's, we, we it's get it. It's frustrating and it'll stay frustrating. Trust me, I'm I'm with you. <laughs> but you know what? I never took a vacation until I moved to California because I was like that radio nerd kid that lived at the radio station. Like yeah. that's That was, you know, come on, man. Um, um, how about just, uh, you know, as far as, you know, like, you know, living in, in Seattle, um, what are some things that, uh, you guys, you know, it took a little adjustment to get used to. Yeah. Well, we have no Italian food. So <laughs> coming from an Italian family in New Jersey, as you know, there's Italian restaurants everywhere. And out here, there really isn't any Italian food. So that was kind of weird. And then when my parents visited, it was tough to take them places. Cause that's all they eat. But yeah, but food, I think I love the food out here. It's just, there's definitely different cuisines. Yeah. I think I, I thought I should say that when I was in New York or New Jersey, I thought that I was like an outdoorsy type person. Yeah. And then I moved out here and realized how really outdoorsy people can be. Um, and I love it. I love like I never really went on hikes before, but I go on hikes now and stuff like that. And just kind of that that culture that I was never really into because it doesn't really exist in Manhattan or Hoboken or Jersey no, City. There's no mountains there. How was the adjustment for the audience when you got to Seattle? Uh, you know, I've. I've done my share of, of moving to new markets and, and, you know, dealing with you know being the new person in the market and yeah. people don't love you right away. Um, how was that adjustment? And, and, you know, was it discouraging at times when, when you got to the, got to Seattle? No, we were, we were really lucky. I think the, the only discouraging part was being used to a, an audience like Elvis's national audience where you have 8 million people listening every morning. Um, so you never have to worry about the phones lighting up or people texting or tweeting or whatever. Um, but I think we were really lucky as well because when they launched Power 93.3 here, they still had the old morning show host from Cube. They just moved Cube to a different frequency. So when there were a few angry callers that wanted to hear their their Cube 93, we just directed them over to our sister station. And they were like, oh, cool, thanks. Yeah, so we didn't get the really bad backlash that some morning shows get. But with that said, it is so tough to do a show when you know there's – 87 cooks in the kitchen. You've yeah. got all kinds of people listening and telling you what you're doing within the company, what you're doing wrong, and then knowing that actually no one really is listening to you right now. So that's it was kind of tough. That's what we felt like that there was, you know, we weren't getting that feedback yeah. from listeners at the time. So we're like, who's even listening? What? No one's there. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Whatever. And then obviously about a year later, I think it started to really pick up. Was there one or two things that you said on the air and then were later informed were like just completely wrong about about Seattle area or, you know, uh, street oh. names or things like that? Well, I think what we were told originally was the Seattle market doesn't interact as much as other markets with their morning shows. They just kind of sit back and listen, which was true originally. And I think there was an adjustment period and almost I like to call it almost like a training period and like letting people know how to use our morning show every morning. Yeah. If that makes any sense? No, that makes perfect sense. I, I, and I think I, I, I understand that. I had the same kind of adjustment come up. Because New York is just, everybody wants to be on radio in New York. Everybody right. wants to call you. Everybody everybody thinks they're great. And there are a lot of great personalities in New York. That's why callers are so great in New York. Yeah. Um, and it is different when you move out here. And I think what I always told people originally was like, in New York, you don't have to ask people for their opinion. They're going to tell <laughs> yes. you their opinion. Whereas here, 
there were times where we'd give out the number like four times in a break to like really enforce the, the fact that you can call in and be part of the show. And then as people started hearing their fellow Seattleites on the air, then it started snowballing a little bit. And now we haven't had, I mean, we haven't had an issue getting callers in a year and a half almost. Yeah, it's funny because now we almost like take it for granted. We get all these calls and we kind of forget that there was a time where we would solicit for a topic and then be like, so now what do we do? <laughs> yeah, let's call some friends. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of tough in the beginning. But as far as like saying roads and stuff like that, I think we really both did our research and towns because Seattle and the Washington area, these names of, of Yeah, there's cities a lot of Native American names. I would put on the news every day and just listen to the the news anchors talk because I was like, well, they got to be saying it right. And that's how I found out how to say everything. Doing mornings with anybody, um, you really know all their idiosyncrasies and things that uh, can annoy you. In fact, you know, my wife would get upset because I would come home and and call her by the name of of Sarah, who was the show I worked, worked on with. Do you guys have little things that Right now, I'm going to give you the opportunity to tell the other one that they do early in the morning that really bother you. Feel free. This is a, this is a safe place. A safe place. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm thinking – I mean we definitely have gotten into art, like full arguments oh, yeah. at times. It's like um, screaming matches. It's great. feels good. <laughs> but we also know how to – because we've done it for so long. We really know how to work with each other. Um, um, so it's tough. We don't, I don't really think – I don't, there I don't was think there's something a, that I kept telling us, you have to stop saying that or doing that. Was like it? on the air or just yeah. in, I don't know. I've, but that's the thing. We'll tell each other, but you need to stop. Yeah. There was, and there was something I was doing you yelled at me for too. Uh, we're pretty direct with each other too. So which, yeah. we don't really let things like boil over. Which also scares the crap out of everybody here. Um, well, I think it's really important. I, I worked with morning shows that didn't talk to each other. I worked at the morning show where the two hosts would come in and not talk until they got on the air. I mean, it's I think that that communication is 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 super important. And I think that because you said it earlier, that chemistry is what people were listening for. And, and and if you have that chemistry off the air, then it then it, it shines on the air. Do you spend time a lot of time together off the air still? Okay. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, we definitely need our get the hell away from me time. But yeah, absolutely we do. And we, when we moved here together, we kind of developed a lot of the same friends. So that's kind of made it like now we have the same group of friends, but we also both, you know, I have my girlfriends and he's got his gym buddies or whatever. I don't know what, but we do have our separate lives, which is great, but we still, and we have to still spend that time together off the air because that is what created this whole yeah. thing in the first place. So it's cool to have that. And it come, we come in with stories and different things, but it's also good to have stuff that the other person doesn't know about. So you have that real initial reaction on the air. If you were going to give a tip for somebody who's working behind the scenes at a radio show or, or just wants to get into the business about starting uh, their show off or how, how to do it, what, what are a couple of things you would tell them? Plan it out. Spend some time listening to other podcasts, things, and spend time listening to podcasts that you don't like. Yep. So that you don't do those things. Um, find out, yeah, find out as much as the things you want to do, the things you'll never do, or the things that hate you hate, or the things that sound awful, as much as the things you love. Anthony, you do another podcast as well, Workout Wednesday. How do you translate working out into podcast form? Like how, how do you how do you do it? So that's something that I originally started as a video series that I did on Elvis's show. That was like the first time I really had a consistent thing on Elvis's show. 
um, because I was like the youngest one there. I was the most active one there. So I did this bit where I would figure out a different type of workout. So I, I mean, I did everything from spin classes to boot camp classes to then like stripper pole dancing classes. <laughs> there, my whole theory there was there's something out there for everyone to do. And that kind of became my brand. So what I did recently, when I kicked this off at the beginning of the year, um, it's not necessarily about specific workouts. It's more about like tip, uh, fitness tips, diet tips, overall health and wellness tips from different experts um, in different fields. So the first time, the first episode was this woman, uh, Autumn Calabrese, who's got hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram. She's a beach body coach and she just launched a new workout program. So she kind of broke that down and told people what it's about. And then it's just her tricks and stuff that she does to stay in shape. Then I had someone who works for Dr. Oz's show that just helped develop a brand new diet. So I talked to that person about food trends and diet tips and stuff like that. So it's really more of, it's not just working out. It's a health and wellness thing, but the name just stuck with Workout Wednesday. So we're not doing squats with yeah. you while listening to the podcast. <laughs> it's just me grunting for like 35 <laughs> minutes. Well, I think you both have really cool things you do outside of uh, radio. And, and Carla Marie, you know, you, you write articles. And by the way, your Instagram following is stupid. Um, it is annoying, right? <laughs> As we say, that's a mix of Elvis's help and having boobs. So, uh, you know, I'm really glad to hear, hear you say that the uh, having boobs part, because I'll, I'll have students that come in and, you know, I teach a lot of classes. And one of the classes I teach is, you know, we talk a lot about social media and they're like, oh, I have like this many followers. And I look at their Instagram. It's like every one of them is just tits. It's like, OK, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I love you, but you don't really understand social media just because you, you, you <laughs> and by the way, your Instagram is not that at all. Thank like, like. No. That is not you. You are. You have a great Instagram with a variety of good pictures, but you know what I'm saying, right? No, absolutely. Listen, trust me. I'll, I'll know. Like this one's gonna get a lot of likes because there's some cleave in the pack. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. I get it. We understand. But for me, I think it's whatever I put out on the air is 100% real. So why would I change that on Instagram? So my Instagram is just honestly everyday things that happen and yeah once in a while you've got those those glamour shots or whatever but I just try to keep it as real as possible and that's what and that's the feedback I've gotten from people too it's like you're so real you're so normal I'm like I mean good because this is all you're getting there's nothing else I think I'm going to try a moob shot today (laughs) I got the man boobs I might as well use them for something v-shirt you know v-neck all right, kiddos, before we go out of here, um, I've got, uh, you know, I, you can't take the radio out of the guy. I've got uh, three killer questions. It's how we end every podcast. First question for you okay. guys. If you could listen to anybody do a podcast, living or dead, whose podcast would you want to listen to? Ooh. God. <laughs> God? That would be a good podcast. <laughs> it would be like, hey, everybody, I know everything. Actually, I know. I I want to say this one, but it's such a cliche. Say it. Girl thing to say. What? Let's say Marilyn Monroe. That girl's got stories. That's not, I've never had anybody give that answer before. Because you know, I mean, I like, but she better keep it real. Because I want to know all about JFK and Joe DiMaggio and all those guys. My producer, Z, is shaking her head. She would listen to that podcast. Okay, good. Good to know. I Ooh, think I just watched the, uh, the Ric Flair documentary, the 30 Woo! for 30. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't not do that. You have to. Woo! Um, you... I feel like an old school wrestler would be cool because they were always on the road. They're always doing crazy things. Yeah. I feel like that'd be a cool podcast to listen to. Oh, especially if it was done like in the eighties, like with those guys yeah. or uh, the rock, because I can listen to anything the rock does. Oh God. 
second question is I'm going to ask the dumb, I'm going to ask the dumb radio. I'm going to ask this question. I get yelled at for this question, but I like this question. If you were a sandwich personified, what kind of sandwich would you be? Taylor ham and cheese because we don't have that here and I really want Taylor ham and cheese. But how does that exemplify your personality? Okay, me? Because you know what? Taylor ham is very rare. There's not much Taylor ham in the world. Not many people know about Taylor ham, but when they meet Taylor ham, they really like Taylor ham. That's me. With cheese. Yeah, but you don't do it with egg? No. I don't need egg. I'm great without egg. <laughs> what kind of raging psychopath are you? Yeah, exactly. I'm thinking the same thing, actually. So, I, know, I don't need egg. It's a Taylor ham, egg, and no, cheese. No, no, no. Egg's coming in here, blowing up my spot. I'm just Taylor mm. ham with cheese. <laughs> How about you, Anthony? Um, I would be... You're a meatball sub, aren't no, no. you? I, honestly, dude, just from our conversation and seeing and, and checking you out, I would, I would probably say that. Something very Jersey like that. But what? I'm going to go with the BLT. <laughs> what? Why the BLT? Because I think it's it's got your bacon, so it has its little bit of like manliness in there, but it's also got lettuce and tomato, and I, I have some very feminine traits as well. Okay. Can I just so say I, my, my producer, Z, her face is in her hands looking down right now laughing. I, I've never heard him describe himself any better, actually. Right. A little bit of bacon. <laughs> A lot of lettuce and tomato. I don't know. A lot of lettuce. Uh, <laughs> uh, and finally, guys, what's the last podcast that you binged? Um, I do a lot. I do listen to a lot of morning shows on demand. Um, but I think the last one I binged, uh, actual podcast, uh, probably, um, crap. What was it? Last actual oh, podcast. Oh, it was a stuff you missed. Crap. What was it? It was a history uh, one. Oh, is it micro? No, I'll look it up as she's. <laughs> so the last <laughs> podcast I actual actually binged from beginning to end was S town. And that is just. Yeah, that's a whole nother world. Thursdays where I'm just like the amount of research and effort he puts into that is just mind blowing to me. That's a whole nother world of podcasting, which is the whole cool part about podcasting is there's so many. But day to day, I just listen to other um, iHeart morning shows. I've listened to Anthony's podcast and I think it what is it the Mike Rowe one. I really like that. We just talked yeah. about that podcast uh, last week because, uh, well, Mike's a, I've known Mike a long time. He used to be in San Francisco and he's so good. He, he's, okay. and he's that guy all the time. Yeah. And I love, I love his voice and I love listening to him talk and the yeah. way he takes you through the podcast and tells you a story about something you already know, but you don't realize that that's what that story is about. It's incredible. The stuff you missed in history class is one of them. And then radio labs has, uh, some good stuff too. Love radio lab. Love Radio Lab. So good with headphones on or on a long car trip. Yeah, um, exactly. You guys are great. I, I'm looking forward to uh, working and talking to you guys more in the future. And uh, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm impressed. I'm so impressed by you guys and what you've done um, so far in your career and, and where you guys will be going. And uh, one of these days, people will go back and say, oh, man, remember they were just doing a podcast and radio show? You guys are great. Big future ahead well, of you. Well, thank you. I love the I love the idea behind this podcast, too. Yeah, the, it's the it's podcast awesome. about podcasts, basically, but it's I could talk about this stuff all day, so I love it. Thank you very much. Yeah, I we really appreciate it. It's cool to be able to tell our story, and and you said you have a lot of students. Hopefully, that they can learn that working your ass off pays off eventually, or at least a little bit eventually. But yeah, it's been this has been a lot of fun. So thank you very much. And I'm I'm saying this with all sincerity. This semester in the podcast production class, I will be talking about you guys for sure because yes. awesome. it is no. This is the this is it. It's exactly what I preach. You guys are doing it, so I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Well, thank you. Let us know if you need anything from us at all, and we hope to meet you soon. Okay. Hey Z. Hi Maddie. 
So it's that time of the show where we give you some podcast suggestions. Uh, Z looks around, finds a few, and uh, we talk about them. Uh, that was a fun interview. Yeah, they were. It was also cool to have people like around my age on the podcast. Uh, I really related to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're great, and 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 I'll be honest with you. Uh, when when you booked it, I was like, I, I didn't know who. I honestly, right. I didn't know them very well. Mm-hmm. I knew that they had a morning show, and I was like, oh, a couple morning show people. Nothing against morning show people. And then it was like, the more I learned about them, I'm like, oh my god, this is such a great story. And then I fell in love with them doing that interview. Yeah, and it was they were so passionate about everything they talked about, yeah. and it was really inspiring and like motivating too. They're and great. I think anybody, whatever age you listen to, it'll motivate you, kickstart your dream. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, they're great. I hope I hope I stay friends with them. I don't know if I'm cool enough, but you know. I think you're there, I guys. You're if you're there. listening. Uh, I, I, do, I do heart you. I heart you. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about some podcasts that uh, folks can check out on the iHeartRadio app. All right, so the theme of this one is radio people that have podcasts. Yeah, radio people. Woo! My people. Yeah. yeah, radio people coming out at you. All right. <laughs> Just one <laughs> um, so the first one is where Carla Marie and Anthony got their start. And so it's a little shout-out to Elvis Duran and his 15-minute morning show. And I like this because it's quick, it's fun, they're super uncensored and unscripted, and it's fun to listen to when and you're Elvis, like getting ready or whatever. Yeah, and Elvis Duran is the man. Let's yeah. check it out. <laughs> and of course, Justin Timberlake, who was, was blonde and very young at the time. And the girls were going crazy, and we had, we had uh, waffles and French toast and pancakes and a whole breakfast for them. And so at one point, I said uh, to Elvis, I said, these girls are crazy. We could probably sell the French toast that Justin had partially eaten on his plate because they were going to go out and perform, we could probably sell his French toast. And Elvis was like, yeah, we should. How can we do that? And Scotty said, well, I have an eBay account. So I know there's a slight chance that Elvis might be listening to this podcast since his his folks are on it, Carla Marie and Anthony. If you are listening and you ever wanted to tweet out about my podcast, that would be great. I'd appreciate it. it. Do me a solid, (laughs) Mr. Duran. There you go. Mr. Duran. There's your plug. Yeah. We need to, I need to get him on. We That'd need to cool. have Elvis on. That'd be so cool. Bobby came on. Yeah. Elvis. Next step. Be in the building. There we go. Come Ooh, on. Oh, I get it. That was terrible. That was, yeah. Yeah. That's some we'll radio stuff for you right there. <laughs> yeah, it's a Manic Monday coming at you. Oh, my God. Oh, I had to do. When I started in radio, I was uh, 16 years old. And I was uh, a kid, and I worked at a classic rock station. So I would literally like pretend to be older and have a bigger voice. So I'd be on there. It's Matt McHugh on Q ninety four, classic rock. Did you have to make your voice? That's like exactly that? how I talked when I started oh off on the radio. It's Q ninety four, a little lead for the head. But when people met you, did you have to put on that voice? Like I didn't outside? meet. It's not like you know, radio was different then. Right. You know, you literally would go in and do your show, and not people had no idea who you were. Right, there were right. no pictures. They didn't know. And I had several DJs. You know, and then I didn't do that for a long time. I started just being like, "Screw it, I'm just I, I, that's not me. I'm not going to do that." Right. And I had a, a small market uh, program or assistant program director. He was named the program director. Tell me, he's like, "Yeah, Matt, you, your your voice isn't uh, big enough for the big markets, but uh, you know, you could, you'll make it in the radio as a programmer, but I don't think uh, you'll make it anywhere as a big big voice." So that's how it that's how it used to be. Not that way anymore at all. Yeah, no, I mean, not, not at all. Anyway, back to the show. All right, next one is someone you mentioned. It's Bobby Bones. The and Bobby Bobbycast. Bobby Man, Bobby yeah. Cast. And he, um, I love listening because he's so knowledgeable about the artists that he talks to mm-hmm. and really gets in there. Especially my favorite one is his interview with uh, John Mayer. 
And John Mayer was like blown away by him, just like, oh, wow, you asked these questions that I've never been asked before. And that's the kind of interview he is. It's like not the most generic stuff. The best compliment I've gotten about this show so far was from a Bobby Bones fan who said that they thought our interview styles were similar. And yeah. Said, that's great. Thank you so much for that. I wish our numbers were similar. <laughs> hey, remember, 50. 50. We're going for 50. All right. Hey, let's check it out. Do you um, still practice at all? Like, do you practice? Very good question. <laughs> um, I think that I'm about to practice, and then I plug in, and I'm like, nah, I'm still good. <laughs> Bobby. Man crush. Hashtag man crush. Every day. I do. All right. Yeah. All right. Next one. I am bringing it local to San Francisco with Sana Cat. My girl, Sana G. Sana G, DC, Lex Jones, G Biz. Right after their Sanaji morning live show, they get on the podcast and they're super uncensored. Super. Talk about anything, anything your heart can think of, they talk about it and it's wonderful. And I feel like absolutely it's the first black superhero movie of this magnitude ever really to be made. We excited. It's important to be excited and support it and be dope. You know what I'm saying? Although Chris Brown over there talking about don't bootleg it. I know y'all still are probably going to do it. <laughs> I mean, you know I what mean. Because I mean? you got to get your dollars together. Disney getting all that money anyway. Yeah. So, so I mean, what are you worried about? Take care of home. When I got to San Francisco, got to iHeart San Francisco, I was looking for like who's going to be the first podcast. And Sana was like Sana. Number one. And she was the first podcast. She's and great. now we have 26. So Whoop. she started the trend. And uh, she's doing great. She is doing fantastic. It's a great show. Even if you don't, and we get a lot of listeners who don't listen to them on the morning show, but just right. listen to the Sonicast. So, and that's the goal, yeah. is to have these podcasts that live outside of the radio stations. And maybe we'll inspire people to go, hey, check out the radio station. Check it out. And get some ratings for, for, the, uh, for the regular program directors. Yeah. <laughs> I need my digital numbers for Ooh. the, but. All right. <laughs> that was great, Z. Thank you. All right, Z, that's the end of uh, another fantastic show. If you want to follow the show, go to the Facebook page, Access Podcast uh, on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter. It's Access Podcast 1. We have really shitty numbers, so please go and follow us. I'd appreciate it. Uh, we're, it's, it's building an audience. It, it takes a little while, but uh, so if you're on Twitter, please like us uh, and uh, follow us. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. You know the routine. Just go do it. Uh, the other thing that I want you to do is follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Maddie Stout, M-A-T-T-Y-S-T-A-U-D-T. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. I put up a lot of podcast articles. So if you are interested in podcasting and want to know more, uh, maybe you could follow that. I want to thank everybody here at iHeartRadio San Francisco, Don Parker, Katie Wilcox, also the podcast god overlord of uh, iHeartRadio, Chris Peterson. Special thanks to our music conductor, who is one Casey Franco, Dalton Rumberg does the graphics. And uh, I want to shout out to Ricardo AR because he does, uh, if you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, we do these cool, um, like, little animated things for the show, and uh, he puts those together. So great team. Great job, Z. Woo, thank you. Tune in next week for another great episode of Access Podcast. I'm Mighty Stout. Out. <laughs>